This morning, we will continue with our study in the book of Exodus. We have just finished studying the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments. We're done with that. After Exodus chapter 20, because Exodus is quite a long book, I'm going to give you an overview of what transpired after God gave them the Ten Commandments. In Exodus 21, God gave them even more commandments. You see, many of us think that there are only Ten Commandments. But if you read your Bible, you will discover that there are not just ten. There are more than ten. There are approximately about more than 600 commands in the Bible. Exodus 21, the commands regarding personal injuries. Exodus 22, the commands regarding property rights and sundry laws. Exodus 23, the laws regarding the Sabbath, the land, and the three national feasts. Exodus 24, the affirmation of the covenant. And Exodus 25, all the way through 31, the instructions regarding the tabernacle. So, do we only have Ten Commandments? No. Imagine how vast the coverage is of the Word of God. Did you realize that there are laws in the Bible regarding ownership and disposition of property? There are laws that deal with if you kill somebody, what is supposed to be done, and how will you give recompense? There are laws concerning the Sabbath and what you are supposed to do and not supposed to do on the Sabbath. There are sundry laws, those seemingly small laws. There's the affirmation of the covenant in Exodus 24. And then you will see in 25 through 31, you have instructions about the building of the tabernacle. The tabernacle, as we will discuss later on, is the dwelling place of God. It represents the earthly dwelling place of God. This is where you will encounter what is called the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant. All of these. But we're not going to go through all of this today. If not, if we do all of this today, your children will become grandchildren already. We are not yet finished. <laughs> so, what are we going to do? We are going to... Have a short review. We will jump to Exodus chapter 24. Now, God gave the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. He gave all of those laws, 21, 22, 23. And then in Exodus chapter 24, after God had given them the commands, what did the people say? Can we read this? Then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and you shall worship at a distance. Moses alone, however, shall come near to the, to the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people come up with him. Then Moses came and recounted to all the people all the words of the Lord and all the ordinances, and all the people answered with one voice and said, After God gave them all the commandments and the ordinances, and Moses reminded them, recounted to them everything that the Lord had given, what was their response? 
only one person will do all. <laughs> what was the response? They said, all the words which the Lord has spoken, we will do. Did they make a commitment? Yes. Did they make a promise? Yes. Now, what did they commit to do? They will obey all the ordinances that were prescribed to them from, by God from Exodus 19, the Ten Commandments, and all those other commandments and ordinances. When you make a commitment, what do you think God expects? You will abide. You will fulfill. You will obey your part of the Bible. Because you said yes. If you did not say yes, are you bound? No. But once you say yes, you are committed to it. It's like you gave an oath. And they said, everything we will do. Just like Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Teaching them to obey all. All that I have commanded you. Then God spoke these words. When he began, he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. We've been reminding you, I've been reminding you time and time again that rules without relationship results in rebellion. When I give my children rules, but I am not able to develop relationship with them. They will rebel. Why? So many do's, so many don'ts. Don't do this, do this, do this, don't do this. But if I have good relationship with them, and I am able to explain that these instructions or ordinances are not there to restrict you, but for you to experience blessing, then they are able to more freely accept these rules. Rules without relationship result in rebellion. What was the relationship between God and these people? According to verse 2. Look at it. What's the relationship? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So what is that relationship? Who saved them? God. So between God and man, who is the Savior? God. Relationship. How about this relationship? In Genesis chapter 2, the Lord God fashioned a man into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. What relationship is that? Huh? Pain, ano, painful? Painful? <laughs> 
<laughs> what kind of relationship is this? Huh? You don't know? Those of you who are married, you don't know? That's why you have problem pala. <laughs> what kind of relationship is this? Husband and wife relationship. You see, before Eve was created, the only relationship was, was between God and His creation, Adam. The one who was created first. But then God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make another helper suitable for him. So first it was only God and man. Now you have another relationship between man and woman. Marriage. Alright? Rules without relationship is rebellion. Now, look at this. When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, you established yet another relationship. I wish that you would bear with me in a little foolishness, says Paul. But indeed you are bearing with me. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband, so that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin let me ask you when you came to faith in Jesus Christ when you understood that apart from Jesus Christ there is no salvation that your sin has created a separation between you and the holy God when you understood that Jesus Christ alone died for your sin and you placed your faith in Jesus Christ what happened that word betrothed, what does that mean? You are engaged. You entered into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, it is described in the Bible as a husband and wife relationship as well. Ephesians 5.23 For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. Again in Revelation 21 verse 9, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls of the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Who is the Lamb? Jesus Christ. Who is the bride? The church. If you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you are part of the church. You, my friend, are betrothed. You are in effect, quote unquote, married. Jesus Christ now if you are married can I borrow your wife if you are married would you like that I will lend you my wife why you are betrothed you are married this is an exclusive relationship. You cannot have part-time. Even if there is a song, Part-Time Lover, you cannot be married part-time. I was looking for a video. I knew I had it, maybe in one of my files. The husband at their wedding, he gave such an impassionate vow. I will do this. You are the only one. And then the wife, oh, the same thing. And But towards the end, I only ask, 
one day in one year, I can be single again. And I can be with my old boyfriends again. And is that a commitment? It's not a commitment. That's why in Revelation, I saw a new heaven, a new earth. The first heaven, the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. If you read your Bible, Genesis what? Genesis chapter 2. What does it begin with? Marriage. Revelation, last book in the Bible. What does it talk about? Marriage. This union. When you come to faith, you have this union. A sinful man saved by the grace of God. And God looks at me at his betrothed as his bride together with all of you who have placed your faith in Jesus Christ. But look at what Hosea says. Their wicked deeds do not allow them to return to their God because a spirit of idolatry controls their heart and they do not acknowledge the Lord. How hurtful is that? You prepare the best meal for your husband and your husband eats it with gusto. Sarap! Wow! And then he calls the maid. Thank you, ah! Ang galing! Now, if you're also the maid, that's a different story. <laughs> you see, it was your wife who prepared it, and then the glory, the appreciation went to somebody else. We are going to Joshua National Tree, right? Yes? Oh, look at what happened. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they, came, they became futile in their speculations and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Instead of appreciating and worshiping the one who created all of these things, what did they do? They began to worship the creation, not the creator. And they exchanged it. Their hearts became foolish. Intro palang to. Ezekiel. Then those of you who escape will remember me among the nations to which they will be carried captive. How I have been hurt. This is God talking. How I have been hurt by their what? Adulterous hearts. Their adulterous hearts which turned away from me and by their eyes which played the harlot after their idols. And they will load themselves in their own sight for the evils which they have committed for all their abominations. My friends, I submit to you this morning that the worst sin, the worst sin that you and I can commi ever commit is the sin of idolatry. 
Because when you and I came to faith in Jesus Christ, we said, Jesus Christ alone is my Savior. Jesus Christ alone is my God. And I am betrothed to Him. I am the bride of Christ. And once we get out of that commitment, we make something or someone other than God our idol. And just like you, when you betray your spouse, you commit adultery when you engage in idolatry. And it kills. kills let's pray God as we come before you this morning will you speak to us Lord through your word how serious you are Lord when it comes to idolatry speak to us Lord for your servants are listening in Jesus name we pray what's the message this morning Idolatry is adultery and it kills. See, I told you, pass forward, we're now in Exodus 32. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people assembled about Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said, Tear off the gold rings which are in your ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. Then all the people tore off their gold rings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took this from their hand and fashioned it with a great graving tool and made it into a molten calf. And they said, what did they say? This is your God, O Israel, who brought you out from the land of Egypt. How did God introduce himself in Exodus 19 verse 2? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. All of the sudden, in Exodus 32, you have this golden calf. And how did Aaron introduce this golden calf? This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Who was it who brought them out from the land of Egypt? God. By the way, where did they get the jewelry? Macy's? He went to Jared? Every kiss begins with a K? Remember, they were slaves in Egypt. How did they become so rich? How? Because God promised them. When God spoke to Abraham, you will be a father of a great nation. But this nation will be enslaved for 400 years. But they will be released. And when they are released, they will plunder the Egyptians. So where did all of this plunder come from? How did they get that plunder? Because God promised it to them. And then now, now what are they doing? Allah, sige. Oh. And then what happened? 
they made the golden calf. And what an insult. What a slap in the face. This is your God who brought you out of Egypt. No, it is God the Father who brought us out of Egypt. Idolatry, my friends, is adultery. What else did Aaron say? Now when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. Oh. What is an altar? Huh? It is a place of worship. And Aaron made the proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. So the next day they rose early and burnt, offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat, to drink, and rose up to play. What did God tell them? You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a what? I'm a jealous God. And what did they do? Exactly what God told them not to do. They made an idol. They bowed down to it. They worshipped it. A direct insult to what God told them not to do. Why? Why can't we have any symbol? Any, you know, it's just a picture it's just a carving. It's whatever it is you want to call it. It's just to remind me. Okay? Nothing wrong dapat. It's just to remind me. If the Bible did not say this, we had no problem. Jesus Christ himself, when he encountered the woman in Jacob's well, he said this. An hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be His worshippers. God is spirit. He has no shape or form. God is spirit, and, he, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So if the Bible says that we are not supposed to make or to fashion or to bow down or worship any other thing, what are you supposed to do? Ah, kwan lang naman ito. This is just a representation. I don't really worship that. God said don't make. Why? Because God is spirit. He has no shape or form. We cannot confine God to any shape or form. Because God is spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and in accordance with the truth. Okay, God is spirit. I don't have these man-made idols, these graven images or whatever. But I like to worship God this way. But what if this way is not in accordance with God's way? Then you are worshiping God in spirit, but you are not worshiping God in accordance with the truth of His Word. And His Word says, Thou shalt not make for yourselves. Thou shalt not bow down. Thou shalt not worship. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. What did they do? 
they did exactly what God told them not to do. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Go down at once for your people whom you brought up from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. You see what happened? Adultery. When there is a third party, it corrupts your relationship. Facebook, you young people, in a relationship. And who is that relationship supposed to be? Just with you and your girlfriend or just with you and your boyfriend. And then you see your boyfriend or your girlfriend liking the pages of somebody else. And then you're posting, I thought we were in a relationship. <laughs> Why? Because that thing that this other person is doing is corrupting your relationship. This relationship is only supposed to be between you and your boyfriend or your girlfriend, between you and your spouse, between you and your God. It should be an exclusive relationship. That's why when adultery enters the relationship, it is betrayal. And it is painful. And it's sometimes very hard to get over with. These people have corrupted themselves. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made for themselves a molten calf and worshipped it and have sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And God says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. You think God is serious about his reputation? You think God is serious about who he is and what he has done for you? I will not share my glory with another and my praise to another graven image. Idolatry is adultery and it kills. It kills relationships. It even kills people. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people and behold, they are an obstinate people. Tigas ang ulo. Now, then, let me alone that my anger may burn against them, that I may destroy them, and I will make you a great nation. Let's not be confused. Oh, God is a God of love. He will not let anyone go to hell because God is a God of love. Do you see a God of love right here in this passage? Do you see it? Is he really a God of love in this passage? Can you see it? What kind of God do you see? Angry. Moses. Do we have any foreign? Oh, yes, my brother Philip is there. Pardon me, brother Philip. Moses, tumabitabi ka na. Move aside. I'm going to wipe all of these people away. But remember, God gave a promise. 
So even in this verse that you see the anger of God, you also see the grace of God. Moses, I'm going to annihilate all of these people, but I'm going to do a reset. You, he said what? I will make you a great nation. It will continue because God promised to Abraham. You see the grace of God. You see the anger of God, but you also see the grace of God. Okay? Control, alt, delete. I'm going to do a reset. I'm going to wipe out all of these people. But you, I will make into a great nation. You see? The faithfulness of God, despite the unfaithfulness of people. Then Moses entreated the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your anger burn against your people whom you have brought out from the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak with evil intent? He brought them out to kill them in the mountains and destroy them from the face of the earth. Turn from your burning anger and change your mind about doing harm to your people. What was Moses concerned about? God and God's reputation. God, if you're going to do that, what will the other peoples in the land say? Oh, you're God? You mean to say the God that liberated you from Egypt and then brought you to the desert only to kill all of you? What kind of God is that? You see, Moses appealed to God and said, God, would you please relent from your anger? Because if you do this thing that you're planning to do, your reputation is at stake. When you and I do things that do not reflect the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives, we put the Lord's reputation at stake. Is that a Christian? If that is a Christian, I don't want to be a Christian. He goes to church on Sunday, but he steals off his supplies on Monday. Remember, do not steal. Remember from last week? So I ask you, do you bring home paper clips? Ball pen, band paper, rubber band, pastor. The company is multi billion. They will not miss paperclip, Mongol number two. <laughs> That's not the point. God said, Thou shalt not steal. God, will you please relent? And God listened to Moses. He did not destroy these people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by yourself and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and all his land of which I have spoken. I will give to your descendants and they shall de inherit it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the harm which he said he will do to his people. He didn't kill them. Now when Moses saw the people were out of control for Aaron had let them get out of control to be a derision among their enemies. Then Moses stood at the gate of the camp and said, What did he say? Only this group is reading. Let's all read this. 
whoever is for the Lord right decision time whoever is for the Lord didn't say for Moses whoever is for the Lord come over to my side and of the twelve tribes whose tribe came to Moses' side Levi the Levites none of the tribe of Levi worship the golden calf worship the idol they came over to Moses' side and you will see later on when we discuss the tabernacle and all that they were now in charge of the temple you cannot be a priest if you are not a descendant from the tribe of Levi why? it was the tribe of Levi who was faithful they did not worship the golden calf the tribe of Levi gathered to Moses now you okay, bakit ako nandyan? okay you have to make a choice this is what happened in Galatians. Paul writes, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed and crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit as you are now being perfected by the flesh? What is my point? You choose. Moses, ask them to choose. Whoever is for the Lord, come over to this side. The problem in the Galatian church was this. They were very religious. They thought that by observing the law, they would go to heaven. But when Paul began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, they were cut to their hearts. And they placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Initially, they turned away from their religion. They cut themselves off from their religion. But then certain people from Antioch came over and said, Why? What is the problem? Why did you abandon our religion? Well, we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, you can place your faith in Jesus Christ, but do not abandon our religion. You must be circumcised. Unless you are circumcised, you cannot be saved. And then, eh, lolo ko nga eh, may mas magaling dito sa kabila. Not only must you be circumcised, you must be compelled to obey the commandments of Moses. Oh, this is a good thing. I can now mix my religion with faith. Adultery or not? You have to choose. One, you cannot place your faith in Jesus Christ and continue to latch on to your religion. That is what? Adultery. And what is that? Idolatry. And what is that? It kills. It kills the relationship. When you, when I officiate weddings, diba? so I give them the, the guidelines. Do you, do you, Ephraim? Yeah, 
You know, when I speak many times, it happened, but okay. Okay. So, uh, do you, Ephraim, here is how, you know, if you're going to get married, then I will officiate, so you already prepare. This is what I will do. Do you, Ephraim, Lucero, here present, forsaking all others, forsaking all others, I trust Jesus Christ alone. I cannot say forsaking all others. I trust Jesus Christ alone and continue in my religion. I choose relationship over religion. I cannot have both. Oh, God, God uh, Moses, well, he went up to the mountain and it's been 40 days. So we have no leader. So we decided to worship you. We just happened to make this calf. You know, it's just a representation. We really are worshiping you. But it's a representation. Never mind what you said, do not make and do not worship. Will God contend with that? It has to be an exclusive relationship between you and God, nothing else. Relationship over religion. You cannot have both. That's why it is described as a marriage. It is just between two parties, God the Savior and me the sinner. I have to choose. That's why Paul was so adamant. Who bewitched you? Some translations will write. You already came to faith in Jesus Christ. Now you're backtracking? When you first heard about your sinfulness and how Jesus Christ died to pay for your sin, you gladly received it with joy. And then you heard something or the other and you took a step back. Ay, mali pala. If you are God, how would you feel? I sent my one and only son Jesus to die for you. And now, you acknowledge someone or something else. Yet on Sunday, you tell me, you are my God. They came to faith in Jesus Christ. Look at what Paul said. Having begun in the Spirit, by faith, are you now being perfected or justified in the flesh? Works of the law? You say you have relationship and then you... You, 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 you rely on your religion to perfect your faith? You can't do that. Moses said, come over to this side. You choose. And he said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, every man of you put his sword by his thigh. Go back and forth from the gate to gate in the camp and kill every man his brother and every man his friend and every man his neighbor who are these Levites supposed to kill anyone and everyone who worship the idol So the sons of Levi did as Moses instructed. 
and about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. How many people died? 3,000. Is God serious about his reputation, about who he is, about the exclusivity that he desires from you? He tells us in the epistles of Peter, I will be their God and they will be my people. They were not a nation, but now they are a nation. They have not received mercy, but now they shall receive mercy. And then we dare attribute that to something or someone else. Our allegiance should completely and solely be to God. He is the God who saves us. There is no other. He is the God. And he says he will not share his glory with another or praise with graven images. But there is hope. Then Moses said, after the 3,000 were killed, then Moses said, Dedicate yourselves today to the Lord, for every man has been against his son and against his brother, in order that he, God, may bestow a blessing upon you today. Were the people idolatrous? Yes. Were the people adulterous? Yes. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, Do you not know that love for this world is enmity towards God? You adulterous people. You can have only one love. The Lord Jesus Christ. He will not have any other. Compete with his exclusive position as Lord, Master, and Savior. These people sinned, but God still is gracious. He said, dedicate yourselves today. What does the word dedicate mean? It means set aside yourself for God. Dedicate your life completely and solely to God. And if you do that according to this verse, what is God promising you? Look at, look at it. He will bestow a blessing upon you today. And what is that blessing? It's Holy Week. Today is Palm Sunday. The day when Jesus Christ entered the city of Jerusalem, it was his last week. Come this Friday, it's a good Friday. He will celebrate his last meal with his disciples. And then he will be 
betrayed by one of his own. And he was betrayed with a holy kiss. And he would be scourged. And then he would be put to death on a cross. So that he could die for your sin and mine. And then after three days, he would rise from the dead to prove that he is not only a human being. He is the Son of God, and he is God in the flesh. My friends, if you dedicate yourself, if you choose God over this world, if you choose God solely over your religion, the promise to you this morning is, I will bestow a blessing on you today. And that blessing is the gift of eternal life. You don't have to do anything. You do not have to work for it because it is completely bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. choose as they chose the tribe of Levi chose to be on the side of God and they were blessed none of that tribe died and later on they were given the privilege of taking care of the tabernacle and the temple the earthly dwelling place of God as I close, have you dedicated your life to the one who died in your place? Set it aside. Set yourself aside for God. Trust God exclusively because He will not contend with having to share His glory with another or his praise with graven images. Not all idolatry is physical. It may be your job. It may be your desire for a new car, a new cell phone. It may be anything else that comes in between your relationship with God. God considers an idol. God considers an adulterous relationship. And God will deal with it just as He dealt with His people. Idolatry is adultery and it kills. But if you dedicate your life to the Lord, he will bestow a blessing upon you today. Let's bow and let me pray for you. My friend, if you are here this morning if you, and you have not yet dedicated your life to the Lord, maybe now is the time. Maybe now is the time that you realize that all sin is an abomination to God and that only Jesus Christ died to pay for your sin 
It is quite clear in the Bible that God hates all sin because God is holy. But God is also gracious that our sin fell upon Jesus Christ. Also because He is holy that He will not let sin go unpunished. Have you dedicated yourself to the Lord? Have you set apart yourself for Jesus Christ? If you have not yet done so, then we would like to encourage you to express your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I acknowledge that only you died on the cross to completely pay for all of my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross in my place. And I open the door of my heart and I invite you to come into my life as my Savior, as my Lord, as my God. Help me to become the kind of Christian you want me to be. Change me from the inside out. Help me to grow in this new relationship that I have with you. Give me the desire to study your word, to fellowship with other believers, and to grow in my Christian faith. If you're here this morning and you've already committed your life to Jesus Christ, but you're still holding on to something, may I encourage you to let it go. God is not pleased. God is the sole person who will occupy that throne in your life. Turn away from any form of idolatry in your life. Have God solely the only one who is your Lord and your Savior and your Master. Dedicate yourself to the Lord today. Make your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ an exclusive one and receive His promised blessing that He said He will bestow upon you today. God Almighty, thank you for showing us in your word that you love us. But you also gave us your commands so that we can experience your blessing. And once we step out of those commandments, Lord God, we experience all kinds of problems. We forget who you are. We abuse your grace. We take for granted the blood of your son, Jesus. But also, Lord, through these verses that we read this morning, we also see how gracious you are in giving us chance after chance after chance. God, do not allow us to live this way. Allow us always, Lord, to walk in holiness and repentance. 
because we do not want to trample underfoot the sacrifice of your son Jesus Christ and take advantage of his shed blood at Calvary God will you speak to us this morning and remind us Lord God that idolatry is adultery and it kills relationships and it even killed 3,000 people that day God we just want to thank you for loving us as we are and we want to give you back the glory the honor and all the praise due to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in whose name we pray all of these things Amen You know, here in CCF, we, we do not pass the offering box, the offering plate. We have a tight box there at the back. Just give us the Lord impresses upon your heart to give. Just an announcement. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And as a fellowship, we have committed that on Easter Sunday, we will have a time of fellowship after. So we are going to have lunch. Everybody will have lunch with us Easter Sunday. Now, don't come next Sunday because you're after the lunch, okay? <laughs> Please. Every Sunday, almost every Sunday is Evangelistic Sunday. So there is a good opportunity for you to invite your friends, those CEO. You know the CEO? Do you have friends who are CEO? They come to church only Christmas and Easter only. CEO, okay? So if this time they can come, come, join us. It's a good time to invite your friends. Easter Sunday, next Sunday, and then we will also have lunch together as a church next Sunday. All right? So have a blessed Sunday, everyone. I hope to see you again. God bless.